It's another day, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome back to Iowa's Newsworthy Past. The following episode includes items published in the Stewart Locomotive in Stewart, Iowa, on Monday, November 1st, 1875. Too much money. Enterprising Eastern moneylenders have long had their greedy eyes upon the rich prairies of the Hawkeye State, and as our pioneer farmers have converted the Wolf Pass into broad highways and the railroads have been stretching their iron arms across our state, the agents of these Eastern capitalists have been distributed in every community. Staring placards containing the words money to loan on long time secured by real estate can be found on almost every street corner. Impecunious farmers who have worried along for years without the luxuries and many of the comforts of life see in those words visions of bay windows, glittering turnouts, and comparative ease. They think of their years of toil and get disgusted with the slow manner in which things are progressing. Their farms may be paid for, but they are yet without comfortable houses. Shall they wait until their accumulations are sufficient to warrant the building of a house, or shall they borrow money, build the house at once, and enjoy the comforts attendant upon it? These are questions which they at once commence asking themselves, and being judges in their own ease, they almost invariably decide to borrow the money at the enormous rates of interest that are asked. It is borrowed on long time, five years probably, the borrowers paying a commission of 5 or 10%, and then 10% interest. If the sum is $3,000, the farmer after mortgaging the estate that contains the accumulations and toil of years for the full amount, $3,000, and deducting the commission paid to the loan agent, gets $27,000 in cash, from which he must pay $300 annually. The house is built and furnished, and while the money lasts, comparative case obtained among the members of the family, more luxurious habits are indulged in, and the farmer finds that his living expenses are materially increased, and the annual savings are smaller than they were under a more economical regime. But now he has an annual duty of $300 that must be paid, and he is at the mercy of the market. If grain brings a poor price, he is compelled to sell it to pay his interest and keep up his living expenses. And after the interest is paid and the expenses of living are deducted, the balance sheet leaves him many dimes in debt and he makes no progress towards wiping out the mortgage. A failure of crops perhaps ensues and leaves him without the funds to pay his interest. Then perhaps the farm is sold to satisfy the mortgage and the poor farmer and his family are turned from the accumulations of years of toil. This of course is an extreme case, but one thing is apparent. Our farmers have been borrowing too much money at a high rate of interest and the general result, no one can doubt, will bring hard times among them and those dependent upon them. Removal of a tumor weighing 35 pounds. One of the most difficult surgical operations that has ever come under the observation of the medical profession of Iowa was performed by Drs. Dosh and Kersey near Redfield last Thursday. 
The operation was performed upon Miss Nettie Lewis, a young lady about 17 years of age, daughter of David Lewis Esquire. The tumor was what is known among medical men as an ovarian tumor that takes its name from its location in the body and being connected with the ovaries. It occupied almost the entire abdominal cavity and crowded the stomach so that it was with the utmost difficulty that the young lady could drink even a half a tumbler of water. The tumor had been growing about four years and the young lady was gradually wasting away with all the horrors of a lingering death by starvation and pain daily becoming more and more apparent. There was but one hope left, and that was in the removal of the tumor. Medical men alone can appreciate the danger attending the removal of a tumor of such enormous size, attached as it was by ligaments and tubes to the most delicate and important organs of the body. Doctors Doshi and Kersey appreciated the difficulty and delicacy of the task, and told her that more than likely she could not survive the operation. Yet she heroically resolved to make the most of the last faint hope of life and placing the utmost confidence in her physicians told them to perform the operation. The operation was performed as above stated by doctors Doshi and Kersey and in the presence of doctors Malsby, Treat, Michaels and Smith. The young lady heroically underwent the operation. The tumor was successfully removed and Miss Lewis is now quite comfortable with fair prospects of recovery. Physicians always hesitate to perform such an operation. It is one of the most difficult known to medical science and none but men of nerve and skill would undertake it, much less successfully perform it. We have seen the tumor and it seems perfectly wonderful that as large a substance could be removed from the body and yet the person live. But science is battled by no difficulties. Hook and Ladder Company Stewart is to have a hook and ladder company. An organization of that kind was organized last week. This is something that we have long needed and the necessity is becoming more and more apparent as the number of wooden buildings daily increase on our business streets. All remember the terrific fire that swept over the business portion of the town about three years ago. Such a fire is imminent at any time. Indeed, it will be almost a miracle if Stuart passes through the winter, which is now almost upon us, without getting scorched. We need not only a hook and ladder company, but a fire engine. And it would be economy for our businessmen to purchase one. Local Sparks Rumor says that Stuart is to have a brewery. Tramps are looking for winter quarters. The libel suit against Hilton and Moulton has been dismissed. The recent rains have made water plenty in the streams of this vicinity. The youngsters of Greenfield amuse themselves by rotten egging the reporter office occasionally. Four of Adair County's public officers are building residences in Greenfield just now. The iron roof for Dr. Treat's brick block has arrived and will soon cover that magnificent structure. Anxious candidates are beginning to hover around the state capitol, foreshadowing the coming of the legislature. Stewart has five saloons, all doing a good business. We have as yet but three churches, although two more are sprouting. 
The sudden transition from warm, pleasant weather to the cold blizzard entertainments we are having just now has made business lively for our clothing men. About a year ago, the sub-districts of Penn Township were all made independent districts at an election held for that purpose, and now legal proceedings have been commenced to set the election aside on account of some irregularity in the notice. Our school building is getting along very leisurely, and our core of five teachers have been waiting very contentedly since the 1st of September, and our 300 school children are putting in their time to a good advantage taking street lessons. A lightning rod man is around Greenfield just now using the following argument to obtain patronage. He says that 55 men were struck by lightning in four counties of this state last summer, and none of them had lightning rods on. Of course, his reasoning is so clear and conclusive that everybody is buying lightning rods. It was last Monday that one of the boys who hadn't got over his Saturday night drunk attempted to lift Judd Tennant's hair with the butcher knife in the most approved Madoc fashion. But thanks to Judd's steady nerve and ready motion, he still wears his hair and the boy is enjoying the hospitality of the Panera Jail. There was a slight insurrection among our Stewart school teachers last week. Most of them were anxious to have their time commence, having waited to begin school, as they allege, for several weeks, and they petitioned the Board of Education to that effect. The board, however, didn't seem to be in any particular hurry about the matter, but concluded to have the schools commence the second Monday in November.